Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, the Paul's Eye Show brought to you by Archie's on Carson. Get on, get down to Archie's, the official chicken wing of the fam. Archie's home of 80s and wings, Monday through Thursday, home of the Paul's Ice Grilled Cheese Sandwich. Twitter brought to you by South Hills Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, P- Peters Township. Visit them online at southhillsjeep.com. Joining us now uh, is our good friend from the Post-Gazette, uh, Jason Mackey. And uh, I'm assuming, Jason, you are in Tampa right now. Is that where you would be? No, I'm actually back in Pittsburgh, Paul. I uh, came back from Washington late last night, um, spending a day in Pittsburgh because they're off, and then uh, flying down to Tampa tomorrow morning. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, and, of course, we're asking you to work on your day off. That's not a good thing. <laughs> I don't get days off, brother. That's pro- <laughs> Life of a baseball writer. I've had three since February. That's probably true uh, at, at any rate. Um, well, uh, if nothing else, people are going to be treated to uh, people are going to be treated to a really good series involving Tampa and the Pirates, two of the best teams in baseball right now. How about that? The two best teams in baseball, not two of the best, the two best. You can believe that. And uh, Yeah, man, all the talk, there's a record amount of money being thrown around this offseason. All of it's for naught. you got the Buccos and the Rays playing for uh, the best overall record in Major League Baseball. I don't I don't, know if, I don't think the Pirates can catch them, if, even if they would sweep. But um, just playing two really good brands of ball. Uh, I was digging into some stats this morning, last night. Um, some of the stuff the Rays have done is just absolutely nuts. Um, the amount of home runs they hit, the home runs they're not giving up. Um, they've just pitched it well. They've hit it well. It's, it's really incredible. But uh, not to discount any of the stuff the Rays have done, I think more likely – unlikely team in this is the pirates and nobody expected them to be anywhere close to what they are right now like you can make a case that the rays were going to have a pretty good rotation and they still do obviously i don't i think their offense is you know playing a little bit more than you would normally expect them to but i mean the pirates are no no so far and beyond anybody's wildest expectations it's 
it's going to come back to earth at some point, but I hope it's not for a while because this is pretty fun. The uh, the thing about it is the Rays have had a lot of success over the last you know eight to ten years anyway. Uh, they've you know they've made the playoffs and whatnot. They've been a team that's been pretty close to winning the World Series. Uh, is it is is there something about their model, uh, given the financial uh, you know restraints they have? Is there something about that their model that the Pirates can uh, duplicate? Yeah, and there's a lot, honestly. Um, I really like the way the Rays do things, and you know, I think people. I'll make this argument to people in chats and mailbags and email and all that stuff. I mean, you don't have to spend a lot of money in Major League Baseball to win if you're smart. And the Pirates' problem coming out of 13, 14, and 15 is that they didn't do things that were very smart. You know, they didn't develop guys. They didn't draft well. They didn't get people on the international market. They made horrible trades. Um, that You don't need to spend a ton to do those things. And the Rays do them all really, really, really well. Um, the way the Pirates are trying to grow this thing is very much like the Rays, very much like the Guardians. We talked to Ben Sheridan yesterday and um, I think it was the most explicit I've heard him talking about, like, other models that they follow. Um, and not to say that, like, they're trying to be exactly like them, but, you know, the Rays do things like if a guy becomes a free agent but they have a cheaper available option to backfill, they'll make that hard decision and they'll trade him. Like, Blake Snell was a perfect example. And then they'll get guys back. Those prospects will actually be good. They'll grow them up. They'll take the advantage of their – you know, one, two, three, four, five, six years. And, you know, and when, when they're gone, they lose them and whatever. But, I mean, you can do that. if You can grow young players, develop young players. And I mean, there's just – I could go on and on about the things the Rays do well. You know, letting pitchers be themselves, um, preparing them with data analytics, um, blending that in a way that it's understandable for pitchers. I mean, there's a reason why they solved Tyler Glass now and the Pirates at that time couldn't. Um, look at their bullpen. You know, guys that they've found and just made something out of those guys. One of them's going to be pitching on Wednesday against Mitch Keller, Shane McClanahan. But, I mean, they just, like, they grow these dudes on trees, I swear. Like, these talented pitchers who throw funky ways and they know how to deploy them. I just I have so much respect for that organization. Well, that's uh, that, that, that's what makes it an intriguing series, obviously. Um, I think that basically it's important um, to note that you know the Rays have been a model of drafting and developing players, and 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 also not not being afraid to make some bold moves at the trade deadline if they need to. Um, the Drew Maggi story has come and gone. Is that the last we will have seen him, or hear see or hear from him? <laughs> the, 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 is this is that pretty much it for him? I think, barring something absolutely crazy, yes. Um, you know they've got better available options. Um, I mean, maybe if they need somebody as like a, a, a real depth backup, but yeah, I think they wanted to get this story taken care of. I think they wanted to do it early. I think it was the perfect time to do it. Um, you know, but yeah, I don't, they, they don't view Drew Maggi as somebody who's going to regularly be on the MLB roster. So I, I would agree that that has probably run its course unless a whole, whole bunch of infielders get hurt. But it was a pretty cool story, wasn't it, while it lasted? Oh, yeah. He was, he's awesome. He's awesome. Like, I can speak on that just for covering the guy and, and, you know, getting to know him in spring. And I just what a solid person, you know, just a nice guy. Um, I learned his story in spring, wrote a story about him living with, like, an estranged, it's either an uncle or a cousin, I can't remember. 
um, but a family member, you know, and this dude like looked up Drew at Pirate City when Drew had gotten drafted and he's like, you know, trying to make contact with him, leaves this note with the security guard. Um, it's just like this weird story about how he got to know this guy. He's actually a family member. Um, you know, so I write that story. And Drew comes up to me the next day. He's like, man, thanks so much for writing that. Shakes my hand. Like, my family really loved it. Like, just really appreciate it. Um, just a sincere guy. You know, he was going up to all of us after, um, you know, after he was going to get sent down before we, before the doubleheader, before we knew about any of that stuff. We thought he was done. You know, he's, he's shaking our hands, just thanking us for covering him and, and being so professional and courteous. Like, he's just an unfailingly nice human being. And, and, what a story. Um, I'm happy for him. He deserves it. Like anybody who grinds that much, you, you deserve to live out your, your childhood dreams. And, you know, I think I personally enjoy seeing things like that where it kind of, it reminds you that this isn't just a business, that this isn't just a sport, that it, you know, we all at one point or another, were little kids that just wanted to play the game. Um, and I, I think we all, whether you're a writer, a scout, a coach, a player, anything like that, like we all need to keep that perspective. And so I, I appreciated that. No question. I mean, I think it was, uh, there was a lot to that story that we all liked. Um, uh, uh, yesterday, obviously, uh, Johan Oviedo didn't exactly, um, d- distinguish himself. Is there anything to worry about with him yet? No, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, he wasn't good yesterday. They weren't good, period. Um, just a forgettable one. Oviedo, he's had two in a row that haven't been great. Um, I'm, again, I'm, I'm not worried about it, um, but like he, he needs to throw his fastball more, and I think he would throw his fastball more if he could command it better. So uh, they need to go to, go to work and figure out where his fastball command is kind of breaking down. Uh, I'm not sure I'm smart enough to figure it out. I know a big push for him was releasing the ball more out front, and that's not what I saw yesterday. But whatever the heck it is, like he needs to be able to throw that thing for a strike. He gets a little too in love with his slider, and guys are sitting on that thing. And I think we saw that yesterday. So not worried, but I certainly wouldn't be, you know, discarding this and try, not trying to learn from it because it was not good. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it was a bad start for him. But that's been really the biggest thing with the Pirates this year is every night they've gone out for the most part. It seems like they've gotten a pretty good start. Yeah, and I mean, they have 18 quality starts. Um, it might be – I did a piece that's on our website right now just like with 20 stats for their 20 wins. Um, and there's some really mind-blowing stuff there. Uh, I don't know if I see anything crazier, Paul, than the, the number of quality starts. I mean, we're talking – they've played 29 games. I believe they've had 18 quality starts. They lead Major League Baseball. They're on pace for I don't know, 103, 105, something like that. It's the most since the Astros in 2018. I mean, it, you know, at least their pace, if that would continue. Their starting pitching has been incredible. It really has. I mean, I, Mitch Keller, what he's done, outstanding. Rowanzi Contreras, outstanding. Vince Velasquez uh, just has been a level that – he's never been at consistently in his career and the pirates are helping him find it. And it's very slider based with him. I like it, but you know, I, if they can continue this and stay healthy, the crazy thing about what they're doing right now is I don't think it's unsustainable. I mean, I don't expect them to have a hundred plus quality starts, but can their starting pitching give them enough of a chance to win every night, the way they have, as you're saying, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. They're not, you know, this is a very good group and the bullpen is, is talented and has been productive as well. And I mean, that's one of the things I think about this, this season in totality. Like if they keep pitching like this, they don't, they don't need to score a ton of runs. I mean, they're scoring a ton of runs right now, but they don't need to. Yeah. Uh, well, I think the other thing is, do you think that, uh, for instance, Jack Sawinski will be a 30 plus home run guy or do you think he'll cool off a little bit? I think he'll cool off. I do. Um, I, I think Jack, if you could get him, I mean, 20 plus would be wonderful. I think they would take that in a heartbeat. Um, I feel like 30 is probably a, a little lofty. Um, I mean, but what, what he's done right now has been absolutely nuts. Probably not talking about it enough. I think he's 10th in OPS in, in all of baseball, something like that. Um, you know, probably like fourth since April 11th. I'm, I'm going a little bit from memory here, but, um, you know, he, he's been really good. He's done a great job getting on base, um, cutting down strikeouts. There's, st- there's still a little bit of swing and miss there, but he's come a long way. Um, again, I, I think 30 homers is a bit too much of an ask, but between 20 and 30, I certainly, I certainly think is attainable for him. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I, I mean, they've got some guys that you're talking about sustainable numbers and whatnot. They've got some guys that are pretty interesting. Uh, you know, Connor Joe is another one that comes to mind. I mean, he's yeah. he's his numbers are when you look at it. If he give if he hits 292, you know, or what is he hitting right now? Let's see if he's last I looked it was 292. If he's if he's if he's going to hit like this, the rest of the season. Uh, 288 is what he's hitting. 387 uh, on base, 962 OPS. I mean, I don't know. That'll I think play. I think I think most people would sign up for that right now for the rest of the year. I, man, like all off season, one of the things I consistently heard people complaining about was why do they sign Connor Joe? So stupid. What are they doing with Connor Joe? Like that move doesn't look real dumb right now. I hate to tell folks, it looks pretty good, um, and especially like. I mean, their outfield honestly has kind of solidified itself with G-Man Choi. You you can you're you're you have an easier fit with the DH, like right? Like you're going to play Carlos Santana a lot. Andrew McCutcheon is primarily a DH at this point. Reynolds, Sawinski, and Connor Joe have been a really good outfield. Like the water's kind of finding its level, and at this point, Connor Joe looks like an absolute steal. If I'm the Rockies, I'm thinking like, what the heck did I just do? I don't know what minor league player the Pirates traded for him. I honestly can't even remember. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, they, they stole Connor Joe from the Rockies. He's been fantastic. Um, he's had power. That's been impressive. Um, I looked this up this morning, Paul. No MLB hitter has swung at a fewer, a lower percentage of pitches outside the strike zone than Connor Joe. So basically, Connor Joe isn't chasing anything. His, his approach, patience, eye at the plate has been like, best in baseball good um i really like it he's a great personality i think he's been a bit not a loud personality or anything like that but he has fit seamlessly into that clubhouse i really i really like that move well uh we'll see how it all comes together but uh jason these next three games if nothing else plan they should be very entertaining so uh enjoy yourself down there all right, my man. Thanks for having me. All right, Bye. that's Jason Mackey, the Post Gazette, uh, and uh, of course I am Paul Zeiss. Coming up, we got Noah Howes to talk to us a little bit about his trip to New York. It's ninety-three-seven, the fan.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Well, uh, Israel Abanakanda was drafted by the Jets. I think in like the fourth or fifth round, whatever it was. Our very own Noah Howes was up there uh, sort of to... Uh, chronicle it all, and it seemed like he had a really good time, and it seemed like it was a really a lot of fun. Uh, just sort of watching that young man get drafted, and so without further ado, Noah, how are you doing? I'm great, Paul. Thanks for having me on. Uh, thank you for coming on. So, like I said, how was uh, what was the thing that stood out the most to you about that experience? I mean, Paul, when when you get into this field, at least for me, you, you dream of just telling cool stories. And sometimes that's, you know, documenting an impressive season, which I've had the privilege of doing this past winter with the basketball team. Or, you know, sometimes it's access to write a cool feature. But, I mean, this one was special. Just the idea of he's the youngest, Izzy is the youngest player to be selected in this year's NFL draft. He's the third or he's the youngest pit player to be drafted in over 30 years. And to see this, this kid who a year ago was competing for a starting spot, go from that to being the New York jets running back is it's incredible. And I've, I've got, I've had the chance to get to know the Abanacanda family throughout the football season. I wrote a big profile on them, uh, midway through the season so i've spoken with them all a couple times and you know when when he declared for the draft i just reached out to touch base and and see what they were doing and said hey you know if you guys got something going on let me know maybe i can swing by and and they they formally invited me to that to come out to brooklyn it was at his high school where he you know he, he played and was a star and got recruited to pit from and there were so many people there and it's just really it was it's 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 a perfect example of the American dream where this is the kid he's a first generation American both of his parents came over here from Nigeria 
and they, they, they moved to New York hoping to give their children a better life. And look at, look at what happens now. And it, it was just so, so, so cool to be there for Friday night and watching him see all those running backs get picked before him and see, you know, the frustration, but he had to keep it cool because there were, you know, hundreds of people he grew up with around him. And then to see that call finally arrive Saturday afternoon and for that call to come from a team that his dad is a fan of, his mom is a fan of, everyone there were fans of, it, it was it was just a really cool thing. And as a sports writer, you know, those, those are the ones where you just got to – you got to appreciate it falling in your lap and you just got to say, wow, it's really on me to not screw this one up when I uh, file it in. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, that, that was, that's always a cool thing is like when you see that happen, um, they didn't, you know, you guys were there on Friday night. They didn't get drafted. Was the, what was the mood like? Was it a little bit disappointed or was it still pretty upbeat? I think it was still upbeat. Um, it, it was interesting because, I mean, those who know is I mean, he's a very even-keel guy. He, he's very reserved. You don't really see what he's feeling emotionally from the outside often. Uh, but as the night went on, you, I saw a different side of him. I mean, he was – I have a video, and I, I just took it for myself to kind of watch back while I was writing. He was just rocking back and forth side to side for about the last 45 minutes of round three. Just, just waiting, and every time another running back would get picked, people would say, "Oh, you're next, you're next." And um, yeah, I think some people were a little disappointed just because they wanted to have that moment with them that Friday. Uh, there were a lot of people who weren't going to be able to make it back to that Saturday uh, party that they had at the same place. So there was that. But I think what was cool was um, at the end of the night, his head coach Sean O'Connor t- took the microphone. Uh, his head coach from high school, and he he talked about how, you know, Izzy's kind of been doubted before and how, you know, he remembered Virginia Tech coming to his office one day and saying that, you know, Izzy is too small to play for the Hokies. And he called Izzy to tell him about that story uh, the day after he scored six touchdowns against them and ran for 320 yards this (laughs) past fall. And that that story kind of put everything into perspective. And I remember, you know, that next morning – when he, he returned to the high school, I asked him how he was feeling. He was like, I'm actually kind of relieved now because I know that it's going to happen today. And it's, it was just a great mentality, mentality to have. Nothing ever really got too negative. It was definitely intense, especially when the fourth round went by. Um, that fifth round arrived, and it kind of like it felt like the whole place was going to pop. Like everyone was just intense. I was afraid to leave my seat. They had a wonderful food spread that I didn't even get to really enjoy that Saturday because I knew the moment I would stand up, that's when he would get that call, and that's kind of how everyone felt there. But um, when that call came, Paul, it, it was it was it was really cool. Uh, that, that's the biggest thing. Um, he lasted longer than I thought actually he would, but maybe. Um... <clears throat> You know, it, what, do you think it was his size, or what do you think is it was that sort of held him back a little bit? I'm not sure. I, I mean, I think his size is pretty good, actually. When you when you look at how he measures, five foot ten, two hundred eighteen pounds. He's he's pretty much as tall or a little taller than most of the guys who were drafted ahead of him, and he weighs more than all of them, and he's just as fast, if not faster, than all of them. Um, I think my, I think some of it is. 
he didn't have as much film in the passing game. He didn't have, you know, that, and that's partially because Pitt couldn't throw him the ball because they handed him the ball 30 times a game, essentially. So that kind of hurt him, I think, a little bit. I think another flaw that some teams had was maybe they didn't think he was as far along as a pass blocker. Um, and I think another thing is just people don't value – teams don't value running backs like they used to. I think if someone with his size, speed, and stats was in the draft 30 years ago, I don't think he makes it out of the third round. Um, and I think that they, he probably was up for consideration for some other teams around those times. I, I think five running backs went in round three. I was confident. I thought he was going to go. His agent kind of thought that toward the third round there, toward the end, that that's when it was going to happen. And uh, only one running back went in the fourth round. I thought he could have probably gone to a couple teams there, but the Jets had a plan. And I kind of like where he goes and, and what he has to offer with as far as the Jets' outside zone blocking scheme and how it will kind of correlate well with his game. And I think he's going to have a decent career, especially when you consider the guy's only 20 years old. So his second NFL contract, when that comes up, he's only going to be 24. There aren't a lot of miles on his legs. Um, yeah, uh, that's the big thing. I, I, I feel like, you know, to me, um, he's he's probably going to be a guy who's – who's a really productive player just because he's always been very, very productive. I mean, that's the one thing he does. Yeah, and I think you can use him in a lot of different ways. I mean, the Jets had a really good rookie running back last year with Brees Hall out of Iowa State, and he tore his ACL. And, and you know, they're, they're saying he'll be back early season, but there's a good chance is he's starting week one next to Aaron Rodgers in that Jets backfield, which is kind of crazy to think about when, again – this is a guy who was battling with Rodney Hammond for the starting spot in camp last year. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think we will see him get a lot of carries. I think that, yeah, that probably the one-way pit didn't use him to, to the best of its abilities was through the passing attack. I mean, we saw him in, in spurts. He had that big touchdown catch against West Virginia in the season opener to tie the game before Devonshire's pick six to win it. Um, but I think, you know, with, with a committee behind him, and, you know, where he's not the focal point of a game plan, you're going to get to see him utilized not just as a downs one through three running back where a guy who can, who can come in and catch passes. I think I wouldn't be shocked to see him return some kicks, something he did at Pitt as well. And I, and I know with, with Barrios no longer being on the Jets, they need a return man. So that's another area he can help. And there, there's just a lot of things he can do. And, again, because he's so young, he's viewed as a long-term investment. They can, they can teach him. A lot of things. You can't teach size. You can't teach speed. He has those two things. He, he ha- has some decent vision, too, I think, when he's running the football. If they just need to teach him things like blocking and, and scheme and, and route running, like that's, that's the least of your worries, in my opinion, when you're drafting a running back. Well, there's no question about that. I mean, I think that uh, that's, that's definitely some, thing, some of the things he, he does really, really well. Uh, you were in New York with them, uh, and I thought it was pretty cool. They are actually legitimately New York uh, Jets fans, aren't they? Yes. Uh, it was funny. One of his uh, youth football coaches, um, within 10 minutes of the pick being announced, he uh, hangs up the phone. And he goes, just got off the phone with my uh, giant season ticket reps. Canceled it. I'm a Jets fan now. Found that very entertaining. But, yeah, his dad actually – I uh, met with his parents. I sat with them the whole time. But before 
day two of the draft. So before the second round, I, I was talking with him and I said, are, are there any teams that you really want him to go to? And his dad said, I'm fine with any team aside from the Giants. If he goes to the Giants, I'm just an Israel Banacana fan. I'll never be a Giants fan. So when he went to the Jets, I think his dad was probably the happiest out of everyone, although his entire family was happy because, yeah, every, pretty much everyone there was a Jets fan. Well, that's pretty cool then. I mean, you know, to be able to go to your hometown team and, and play and even get a chance to play with Aaron Rodgers, you know, so the team might actually be better than they have been in a while. Yeah, and, and you know, what was funny was the round prior to that, the Jets took Carter Warren, his college teammate who he roomed with at the NFL Combine and who lives about 15 minutes from the Jets' practice facility in New Jersey. And I, I wrote it in the story, you know, when that pick gets announced, his sister, who was sitting right next to him, said, oh, that's cool. You know, Carter gets to play for his hometown team. How cool would that be? And, like, 30 minutes later, he found out he was joining his college teammate and Aaron Rodgers and, you know, everything else. Uh, it's, it's, it's just a tremendous story. It definitely uh, is a tremendous story. Real quickly, uh, the other pit guys, there was a number of them that got drafted. Um, and then what about six or, you know, five or six of them signed – after the draft, uh, you know, undrafted free agents. So it was a pretty pretty good haul for Narduzzi and company. Yeah. I mean, I think that's 14 draft picks altogether in the last three seasons now. And it was 6-20, and 20, or 6-21, or and 21, excuse me, two last year and six this year. And if you look at the – they only had two last year, but one of them was the first quarterback off the board. And I think he had a decent rookie year by all intents and purposes. But, yeah, it's it's impressive what they've been able to do. It's not just one position. It's not just one side of the ball. And it's, it's, it's kind of everywhere. And it, it's, a, I think, a testament to the stability that they have in their coaching staff. A lot of those guys who are developing these players, they've been around for a while. They're able to work together and, and develop that talent. And they have a good thing going. They can prove that, yeah, if you stick around here long enough, we're going to put you in a spot where, you know, at the very least, you'll have an opportunity to play at the next level which is something to say because that wasn't the case not too long ago here. Uh, well, absolutely. And, and, and uh, of all of the guys, who do you think will be the best pro? Do you think it's going to be Kalaja Kansi? I, I mean, it's hard to argue. I mean, he, he's, he's a special player. I mean, he's, he's a dominant force, but I think there, there are other guys capable of having really good careers. I think Carter Warren, had he not been injured this fall, probably would have been a second or third round pick rather than a fourth round pick. And I, I could, I was telling, I have a couple friends who are Jets fans. I said, that's, that's a guy who probably is going to play 10 plus years in the NFL. You know, I think Israel Vanakanda is going to have a career, maybe similar. If I could pick someone to compare him to maybe like a Dion Lewis type where you just turn on a football game 12 years from now. And you're like, Oh my gosh, he's still in the league. Wow. Good for him. And I, I wouldn't be shocked about that, but I think, I think a lot of these guys are going to play a lot of football. But, yeah, if we're, if we're picking star power, I'd say Cansey or, or the guy who didn't play for Pitt last year but had a pretty good year for him in 2021 catching passes from Kenny Pickett. I think Jordan Addison will have a really good rookie year too. There's no question. Well, Noah, I appreciate it, sir, and uh, we uh, will talk to you again soon. Absolutely, Paul. All Thanks right. a lot. All right, brother. That is Noah Howes. Post-Gazette on Paul's ISIS 93.7 The Fan. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I think one of the things that's happening here is Pitt is really, really, really becoming a much better football program every year. Deeper, tougher. And basically, they are at a point now where they're just turning out players every single season. (laughs) I don't know how you can't feel good about the way that that program is and the way that they're trending and, and all that other stuff. So I, I would tell you that that's, uh, that's uh, something that this draft, again, reinforces. 100% reinforces the fact that the program is headed in the right direction. Because, um, to be honest, it's, it's just the fact that they still have a lot of really good football players on the team. Um, and the fact that they've got guys that are getting drafted in the first round and the fact that there are a lot of people, you know, on TV talking about their players and, and how good they have a chance, you know, how they have a chance to be good pros. I just think all of it added up together. It's, it's a good thing for Pitt, uh, for Pitt football program. I had to laugh though. Um, every time it, we're, we're to the point now where, um, we're to the point where every single thing Deion Sanders does or says is going to be scrutinized. The latest was he was talking about HBCUs and the fact that only one player was drafted from the HBCUs and he basically said it's wrong and yada, 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 yada. There were some people trying to say, well, you know, uh, you know, he left, you left the HBCU and you took some of the players with, with you. So obviously you don't believe in HBCU and all of that stuff is crazy. It's all crazy. First of all, let's make it really, really, um, let's make it really, really clear here. Okay. And that is that basically, um, if you think about it, Deion Sanders is allowed to go, and he's allowed to um, take a job somewhere else. He doesn't have to stay in HBCU to show that he's committed to the cause. In fact, him being there probably was becoming a burden for the HBCU because they're going to have to keep coming up with money to pay for him, his salary, and everything else. To be honest. And I think that's the key. 
him moving on probably was a good thing for, for Jackson State, just from the standpoint of they probably weren't going to basically get, uh, you know, be able to continue to pay Deion Sanders what he's worth and, and, and everything else. So it's just going to be always, in my mind, a, a moot point that he went and took another job somewhere else. Because, I mean, I think that, that that's not, has nothing to do with whether or not he believes in the, in the HBCU. The other thing is, this thing about HBCUs and, well, there's only one person drafted, so that just goes to tell you, that just goes to show you they don't, they're not respected. Listen, here's the thing. HBCUs used to be a place where everyone went and got players. And then all of a sudden, a lot of other, you know, smaller schools started getting scholarships. Bigger schools started realizing some of these guys uh, were good players that were, you know, be, you know, as as we became more and more diverse in our thinking, as we became more and more diverse in, you know, the way that society sort of looked at things. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing to me, is that HBCUs, there's not nearly as many players as there used to be there. And the other thing is NFL coaches want to win. They're, they want to win. They're not going to just basically, you know, go and uh, – they're not going to just basically go and 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 you know uh, pass on guys who can help them win. They're not going to do that. It's not how it works. It's never how it's worked. They're going to make sure they go get the best players they can possibly get. And so, to me, you know, this whole thing about how well, you know, and if some people have now picked up the the, the slack. Uh, from Deion Sanders, and well, you know, I just think it's it's wrong. Uh, these HBCU, there's a lot of guys in that league that can play in the NFL. They're getting overlooked. Listen, here's what I would tell you. One of the things that you know, I I, I coach AAU basketball, and I coach in uh, what is w- without a doubt the best organization in Western PA for for girls basketball. And a lot of times, kids that are really good, they're at other places. They come to us late in their careers, and it's mostly because their recruiting hasn't come the way that they thought it should have gone. And they end up talking to some player, uh, some coaches, some college coaches who tell them, listen, you got to go play much better competition because we can't grade you we can't figure out where you're at and, and where you fit until we see you play against the top competition. And that's really come, that's really what it comes down to. It's the same concept. They want to see, they want to see the, uh, um, they want to see the competition. They want to see these HBCU guys, but they, but they, but it's hard to gauge them when they're not playing against the top competition. 
So, for instance, if you are, uh, you know, a kid that's from the uh, SEC, you know what? You've played against the best of the best of the best. You've played against the best of the best. You've played against, you know, the top, top teams. And so there's no reason in the world, I mean, that if I have to pick between an SEC guy and an HBCU guy and all things are being equal, I'm going to take the SEC guy because I know he's played at the highest level. So, I mean, that's the biggest thing that's tough. It's, I mean, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. But it's unfortunate, but the other part of it is, um, you know, that's reality. I want to see these guys play against the best. I want to see these guys play against the best. Period. Don't care, to be honest. Uh, You know, if I have a chance to watch you play against the best players, that gives me a good idea of where you fit. And that's why this whole HBCU thing is silly. Because at the end of the day, if these guys were good enough, they would be getting drafted. There would be more than one of them drafted. But more importantly here, the other part of it is, if you really look closer at it, one of the reasons they're not getting drafted is because, basically, it's because of the fact that, you know, they haven't been seen playing against the best competition. Period. Haven't been seen playing against the best competition. And so, that's somebody maybe you need to have a little bit of a wait-and-see approach to. And, and, and get him into camp as an undrafted free agent where you're not necessarily, uh, you know, laying out a bunch of money and all that other stuff to bring them there. Uh, parents and coaches, send an email to us at usports.com, 937thefan.com, to register your team 12 and younger, 937thefan.com. Um, and 93.7 The Fan may be making a stop to see a game or tournament brought to you by Living Treasures in Laurel Highlands. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevy. SUV month, come check Trailblazer, Equinox, and all. Redesigned 2024 tracks online at sunchevy.com. Tonight, cloudy with showers low of 37. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 